0: Hey, everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. to Austin Reeves just saved the Lakers season? Spoiler alert. Yes, Austin Reeves just saved the Lakers season. That's next. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. No matter how or where you get your podcasts, always free. Never behind a paywall. Locked on on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, uh, participate in a community of Lakers fans, NBA fans that is upwards of 14,000 strong. We're getting real close to 14K, and we appreciate all the support. For the channel, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So, uh, the Lakers got some good news, um, about LeBron or, um, I guess we're speaking optimistically, if nothing else, about LeBron. Uh, Before the game on Sunday, a huge game against Orlando. Uh, So we'll get to that later in the show. But Andy, 111-105, the Lakers got a game that they had to have. It wasn't pretty, uh, but they got it. And they got it because Austin Reeves continues to make himself tons of money this offseason. He was incredible. Yeah, it is no exaggeration whatsoever to say Austin Reeves took this game over.
1: Career-high 35 points, career-high 18 trips to the line, made 16 of them, 9 of 14 from the field. Um, uh, He might have set an NBA record, it felt like, at least for N1s, because he just was able to draw so many shooting fouls. He also had six rebounds, six assists. I mean, he was not just the best player on the floor, you know, much less for the Lakers. He he really was just controlling the action when he was out there. Like if if anything throughout this game with the periods where Austin was not on the floor, that's really where the game felt like it was most jeopardized for the Lakers. Like, you know, Anthony Davis had, you know, the worst I don't know, last 90 seconds of a game, maybe of his career against uh Dallas on bit, Friday. Dallas yeah. on Friday. And if you were looking for a bounce back game from AD, this was not the one. And they needed somebody to really carry this team and put him on put them on their back. And there were other guys who stepped up. We'll get into it, other guys who played well. But there's no question Austin Reeves was the ultimate difference maker in this game and you are correct the dude is going to be getting paid this off season <laughs> this- yeah and
0: we'll we'll go through it a little bit maybe maybe in today's show certainly get into it uh, before the Lakers play again Wednesday because it was asked I mean both of us commented about you know kind of this situation like you know and we've been doing it for a little while now every time Austin Reeves goes and plays, it's it's costing the Lakers more money. And so we'll kind of get into what the Lakers can do to keep them, how they can do it, what that might look like. Uh, but the number keeps going up like where it used to be. Oh, like, you know, Austin Reeves, seven, eight, nine million dollars. It's like, eh, no, jack that up a little bit. Um, Austin Reeves will be buying all the hoodies this summer, like all of the hoodies. Um, and if there ever was a guy, by the way, you'd be shocked if he just blew through like $65 million. <laughs> He's, he doesn't seem like a good candidate for that, but, um, you you mentioned AD and we'll go back to Reeves here in a second but you mentioned AD and it was i agree with you 100% not a not the kind of bounce back statement game that he's delivered at different times this year coming off of disappointing games he's had those those moments where he just goes out and dominates i thought he was pretty good defensively throughout and very good defensively in the second half but offensively you know the lakers weren't great offensively on Sunday, and they're not going to win a ton of games where Davis scores 15 points. Um, They did on Sunday, but they're not going to most nights. And I, I look at this first and foremost as an issue since that Toronto game where Nick Nurse basically double or triple covered AD whenever he got near the ball, let alone had it um teams have been playing him very aggressively and shading him and doubling him quickly do a lot of and he hasn't figured out kind of how to respond the lakers haven't figured out how to free him up and over these last 10 games if they can't come up with a solution winning enough to stay in that top 10 is going to be a real challenge
1: yeah i mean obviously it's on other guys you know on the team to make outside shots stuff like that although this was a night where Mm-hmm. They shot almost forty-one percent from behind the arc. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't Reeves at all. Reeves was only one of four from behind the line. You, no, you he was too busy
0: playing. too busy shooting free throws to make to take. Yeah, free but time. I
1: mean, I'm just saying, you would assume that on a night where he had 35 points, he would have been part of that outside barrage, and he wasn't. It was Troy Brown going four of eight, D'Angelo Russell going four of eight, Dennis Schroeder three of six. So th- the spacing was there. For for at least a d to operate, you know, they're they're having issues, I think, figuring out exactly how they want to implement a d, knowing that he is gonna get just swarmed and that teams are gonna force other guys to beat them. I personally think they should be looking to create more high screen and roll opportunities. you know, I, I think they should be looking yeah for more. They, they,
0: they they ran. I mean, maybe it's a different combination,, uh, but like they tried they they were running high screen and roll all game with AD as as the as the screener up the top of the floor and they were having a terrible time shaking loose. The timing uh, you know the, it's it's a different pace, it's a different timing, it's a different spacing with AD and Russell and they're just not quite on it yet. You know that LeBron pick sure. no, they... and roll operates with much better um, fluidity with much better sure. pacing together in tight quarters than the LeBron, than the AD Russell. I just think it's. I, that, I don't.
1: I don't disagree. But a, they're not going to get better at it without continuing the reps. And b, I still think it is better than when they look to, for example, camp AD out on the block. Like anything, it is high screen and roll or finding different ways to just have AD moving, having him be able that, to catch them. Yeah having him be able to catch and immediately move whatever the points where I think ad becomes most vulnerable to that swarm is when they look to post him up on the block right now like just it, it becomes i think much easier for multiple defenders to go at him it becomes easier for ad to get stripped more often i think it becomes easier for ad to start thinking more and that i think particularly right i think now. that's
0: particularly true on the low block. Yeah. There were some good moments in Sunday's game where they got him the ball, you know, posting up higher up on the floor, um, either fronted by like Wendell Carter Jr. or other somebody else or whatever, and either going over the top of that or giving it to him almost on the wing to let him set up and go. But I agree with you. The, the like I I just was, you know, looking at, you know, uh, somebody on the on the, on Twitter at Cam Brothers who was responding to a tweet that I put out in the middle of the game, you know, the Lakers just haven't figured this out yet. They are still not responding well to the attention that AD is getting. And his response was enough of this high post, you know, high picking or like get him down on the block and go. And I'm like, can't do it like that. I agree with you, Andy, like that. Those setups are where it's really easy. Particularly, you know, if like Vanderbilt's on the floor or something like that, like where they're bringing too many bodies near him. I thought they had a couple really good sequences other when they, other when they they shook the PNR loose. Like they they brought Anthony Davis around off a screen and let him like you said catch on the move and kind of go a little quicker there. I they just haven't figured it out. They you know, it's a combination I think of skill sets kind of working through it. I think teams are not giving up on, you know, guys hit three or four three-pointers in a row and coaches are like we're still double and triple teaming Anthony Davis. Um, you know, Austin Reeves really made him pay for that attention on Sunday. Uh, but it's got to get better. It really well, I mean, has that, to get better quickly.
1: That that's a big reason, though, why I would just I again I, I and some of this is D'Angelo is a much more he's always been. I mean, we we covered D'Angelo when he was a rookie. Like he's always been much more of a prober and somebody who's much he's very deliberate in terms of varying the lane changes speeds a lot, gets guys on his hip. Like, he he is not a catch-and-go guy himself. He's not a, like a straight-line driver off turning the corner the way Dennis Schroeder is. And, you know, he's obviously not LeBron right. because nobody's LeBron. But I do think that the two of them – we saw this during this game. Like, they, they can find the timing together, but they need to find different ways to just keep AD in motion – and keep him just thinking less. I agree. Because the, the more AD starts getting in his own head about this or the more opportunities you have for him to become stationary, that's when he just, I think, gets in his own head yeah. and gets in his own way. Let's
0: let's stick on this pace thing for a second because there are a couple of interesting moments I saw in the game that I think reflect kind of what you're getting at there um, in terms of that that... Timing and that that chemistry between AD and Russell. So we'll do that next.
1: Lockdown Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you are not signed up yet for Prize Picks, you're you are missing out on daily fantasy. Made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. More NBA players than any other DFS prop operator. They offer the superstar players like Austin Reeves, also bench players. Just pick two to six players, and also,
0: predict- also Austin Reeves. You can yes. choose them twice, maybe. I'm not sure. I
1: don't think you can. Uh, predict- Just find two to six players. Predict whether they will notch more or less than Prize Picks stats projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money. And they offer projections on sports ranging from baseball to. The last part of college basketball, even disc golf. Just use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries made in 60 seconds or less. Safe, fast withdrawals. Download the Prize app or go to prizepix.com. Sign up, play daily fantasy sports. First time users, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks using the promo code LOCKED ON. Again, don't forget the promo code LOCKED ON at the sign up for the instant match. If you are not playing Prize Picks, you don't know what you're missing.
0: All right, so um, there was a there was a moment in this game where, like to this point about timing, cameras. Say what you want about Russ, um, and and I th- and I think you will you know, the royal you out there. Um, he got he played he got them playing fast all the time, and you know there were there was at least one moment I thought I saw another where AD was trying to get Russell up the floor faster and playing quicker. Um, and so I, I just feel like there is a little bit of that timing and chemistry issue. So even when AD is manages to get the uh the ball off of some of these screen rolls and and a couple times it worked really well. Um, get, doing it in a way that allows him, you know, more space, you know, where he's got that lane to the basket. Um I would I ha- I don't have I would love to see the numbers on where ad has been most successful with which pick and roll partner he's been most successful um higher on you know throughout games um what those numbers look like i think actually darvin did a smart thing adding a little bit more guard play onto the floor to provide a little more ball handling and and do some stuff like i didn't mind how all that worked tonight um and they obviously still held up just fine defensively only allowed 105 points so um, you know, Orlando was what like forty percent from from the floor.
1: Yeah, twenty six percent from behind the arc.
0: Yeah, so I mean, they they were they were good, more than solid defensively and got away with you know whatever lineups they really wanted to put out there. Um, but like some of this is to be expected. Like, you know, I think we got as a Lakers watching public, the the change was so quick and so much better right away. The, like in terms of everything kind of being slotted in order they performed so much better than expected um with lebron off the floor that it almost seemed like well this the, this normal growing pains thing the adjustments to the adjustments the adjustments to the scouting all this kind of stuff i guess they they didn't need to go through it i know actually they do um and they're seeing it now, like teams are playing them differently than they did right after the deadline um, and they got a counter um well just, it's it's like it's this is very normal, but it's just unfortunate it's bad timing well it's it's also really hard
1: to come up with counters to the counters without your best player, and the mm-hmm. guy that really should be all things being equal most of the time running your offense to begin with, like LeBron James is one of the ultimate problem solvers in nba history like even at even at this stage of his career if nothing else when it comes to running an offense finding open guys figuring out where to put teammates to be in the best place even when he doesn't people. have
0: the ball he still yeah. adds so much yes. structure to Just everything that happens
1: lebron out there directing traffic even off ball is going to help you know counter to these counters and it's just they're gonna have to figure out exactly how to do this particularly with you know they've got very different they've got three very different now ball handlers and you know orchestrators in Austin in D'Lo and in Schroeder yes and and the fact that they're all three very different is great in terms of being able to mix up different things you know Change tempo, create different looks from the bench. It makes them maybe it makes them less predictable in certain senses for you know opposing defenses. But they, it also might make them a little bit less predictable for their own good when it comes to just right, trying to figure exactly. out. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's a double edged sword for sure. And and I and all things being equal, while there have been some disappointing results because the Lakers have coughed up winnable games and they're simply not in a place where they can afford to do that regardless of the circumstances or the right. context. They've handled this period without LeBron pretty well. Like, they really
0: have. Oh, for sure. But for sure. we were When LeBron got hurt, and we all knew the... And Again, we'll get to the update here um, pretty quick. But um, when LeBron got hurt, Everyone like thought, like, okay, maybe they could see this through, or but like, are you really gonna count on it? Or is this what you're expecting to happen? No, just that it's possible. Um, and they've done more than that. They've done, you know, far better in terms of staying competitive, winning more than they lose. They're not treading water, and they really should have. They should have won on Friday. Well, here's and the they thing. should they... have won and then just they should have beaten Houston because here's should the have problem Houston.
1: Here's actually the problem is they've both been performing better than you might have figured, but also unfortunately treading water. Like they actually have not really done much better in terms of the end cold results Mm -hmm. than treading water because they've made no real progress at all. They just haven't drowned, but they are still in the middle of the ocean, flapping their arms, you know, frantically hoping that a lifeboat shows up. You know, like right. the SS LeBron. Um, but until, until then, like that, it's hard to say they're not doing anything more than treading water because they've made no real progress. And those, yeah, you know, I see, times- I see what you mean. I see what yeah. you mean.
0: I just, I, you know, the record since the All Star break is still, you know, above 500 and all that, you know, and all that stuff. But you're right. They are not making progress. But I just, I, I I'm looking at their, like, right now, just looking at their, their numbers over the, like the last five games and stuff. And it really is. You know, the offensive side, it's, you know, it's in their net rating is we've had moments like this throughout the season. Stop me if you've heard it. Uh, negative, it's uh, their negative, I'm sorry, their uh, offensive rating for the season, their net rating for the season is uh, negative 0. 0.2. So they are, they are as 500 a team as a team can be. Um, but you know, just offensively, they're very middle of the pack. The defense has been pretty good. Um, a few games notwithstanding but they're just they're, they're very mid right now in terms of offense and they have to get a little bit better. They just have to they have to find easier ways to score points than they currently are.
1: Yeah, and I mean as as much as, you know, Darvin Ham before the game expressed optimism um, about LeBron returning, um he said, quote, we anticipate him coming back at some point. Uh, Dave McMenamin tweeted out this season in parentheses. You know, Darwin making it clear. They mean, you know, he will be back before the season. Because
0: Wiki tweeted that out without the parenthetical. And I was like, well, I anticipate him. He'll be back at some point. And mercifully, McMenamin followed through with the parenthetical. And I'm like, this is the most important parenthetical in history <laughs> well, of, of pregame interviews. Like, it, there's a big difference. So, well, it's also, too, I mean, it's really
1: – it's really important hearing this because Friday on the hoop collective, Brian Windhorst said, quote, what I've heard on LeBron is he is not close. That was what I was told. Not close. Does that mean he's out for six months. No, I, I know everybody said the three weeks. I think it was made very clear that three weeks is when he's going to get the official reevaluation. It didn't mean he's coming back in three weeks. I know that LeBron has played through injuries in the past. I'm not a hundred percent sure this is an injury that he can play through. And, Look, obviously, all of this is devil in the details. Some degree, semantics, semantic. Some degree, maybe what is the mood when you are hearing this if you're Brian Windhorst versus Dave McMenamin on Sunday? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's
0: varying degrees of And also of the details. definition of, like, not close. Does not close to some people well, it means three weeks away not close to other. The problem is when there's only three weeks left in the season and you only have 10 games, you know, not close can mean Eight games, you know. Well, seven and also, games. Like, you you know. Know, the
1: devil is truly in the details, and can also be, be very difficult to decipher because, as we've talked about before a lot uh last week regarding Anthony Davis, this team is really bad at clearly communicating what the hell is going
0: on with most of their players and injuries. I, you know, it's it is it's obviously critical to get him back, but it sounds like basically what we the scenario that we were talking about. We're like. Somewhere in around that first game against the Jazz, when the when the Lakers go to Utah on the fourth, or mm-hmm. something like that, maybe he's back for that. You know, the first game of April um, against the Rockets on the second. Um, God, the Lakers are lucky they get the Rockets again. Um, you know, maybe he plays the fifth against the Clippers. But like anything more than the final four or five games of the season seemed wholly unrealistic. Yeah.
1: Well, in the meantime, though, it's going to be up to other people to step up. We we talked about Austin Reeves. We can get more into him, but let's also I I think it's worth mentioning the bench Mm -hmm. because along with Austin, they were really, I think, the key to the Lakers getting through this game. They collectively they stepped up more than the starters. So we can talk about that. Coming up next, but locked on Lakers brought to you by Nissan, the Nissan's most electric player of the week brought to you by the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Ariya, And the award goes to Austin Reeves. The week kicked off with a career night from Austin Reeves, who was flat out electric while flat out saving the Lakers against the magic 35 points, nine of 14 from the field, 16 of 18 from the line, deceptive power and strength that Austin Reeves drawing fouls with ferocity, but at the same time smooth passing skills elegant footwork the dude will be able to afford many many Nissan Arias after this offseason <laughs> re- free agency <laughs> mm-hmm. the 2023 Nissan Ariya packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Ariya the EV for people who love to drive shop now at nissanusa.com
0: Um so okay you're looking at the bench and um it's Dennis Schroeder, twelve points, three rebounds, five assists. It's Wenyan Gabriel, the eight rebounds uh, that he provided particularly early. He, I think, he had five rebounds in his first six minutes. Um, he did some insane number, like level of activity. He was a plus twenty-five, and and they, they all, by
1: the way, all of those rebounds from Wenyan Gabriel early on led to either led to like the pass that would set up. Another basket, or would set up another opportunity. Like- yeah, and he had tipped
0: balls that you know that yes. didn't count as rebounds. Like yes. his activity early was incredible,
1: right? And we and
0: we've seen a lot of that from Wenyon lately.
1: Like it, it's felt like Wenyon really took Darwin Ham's decision not to start him against Houston when AD sat, and instead to go small with Rui. Like he took that super, you know, he's the Michael Jordan meme, and I took that personally because he outplayed Rui by a long shot during that game. Like it, it he ended up starting the second half, and he played really well against Dallas. He played really well in this game.
0: Like he's
1: not. I think. He, I mean, I think
0: he outplayed Vanderbilt. Um, y- yes, on he Sunday, did. For sure, yes, he
1: did. I mean, he his his numbers are not always going to jump out. But for the first half of the season, it's not it's not here now. But for the first half of the season, I believe Wendy and Gabriel was the team leader for net rating. Mm-hmm. It's not an accident, man. A lot of good things just happen while he's out on the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that you know, it was, again, it was a plus twenty five in twenty minutes, which is not easy to do. Um, I I think the Lakers, especially have... in a in a six point win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think the Lakers are trying to slot him into a place where he plays f- 15 to 25 minutes a night. Now, you not more than the, you don't want more than that, but you want a little bit of that en- energy, uh, particularly, you know, with no Mobamba, you need a little bit of size, um, obviously, when AD's not on the floor, but like where you can really maximize when you, and he doesn't have to worry too much about fouls, you know, when he knows he's going to be playing. You know, really extended minutes. I think it does make him a little bit hesitant. This way, he can go out and play. Um, they got you know Hachimura's numbers did not jump off the screen: eight points, five rebounds, one assist. But he had a couple big buckets. Um, and obviously, you know Reeves. When I mean, we talk about bench scoring, most of that bench scoring came from Reeves. But you're right; they all they all contributed. And then the flip side of that is you go to the starting lineup and. You know, I thought it was a nice bounce back game for Brown. He had, took eight three pointers, good volume, made four of them. Um, was you know active defensively. D'Angelo, I thought had a pretty good game. Um, he did eighteen points, kept the turnovers down, only had one of those. You know, four of eight from three point range. Good again, good volume, good percentage. We talked about AD in the last segment, but then like these supporting guys who are supposed to be a little bit freed up with the attention that AD gets. Vanderbilt took one shot. And Malik Beasley was one of, one of seven. So the two of them, you had two starters who combined for one bucket and only eight shots. Um, that becomes tough. And, there, and I know Vanderbilt is a, a, kind of a fan favorite, rightly, and, and has quickly become a very popular player because his activity, the hustle, the energy, he's a, an extraordinarily likable player. But he is, I think, sometimes a little bit limited, too. He had four turnovers in 23 minutes. He was all over the place in the first half. And I think there are nights where it is hard to give him kind of long minutes. Um, I think he has become one of those players that Lakers fans look at the 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 how he does what he does and not necessarily the results of what he does and like the impact on the floor. Just looking at his plus minus in the last few games. And again, this is not a perfect metric for it. But minus 12 against Orlando, minus 14 against Dallas, minus 4 against Houston, plus 22 against New Orleans. Um, He started the game, and that's the Lakers. If you started the game, you were plus. He was minus 18 against the Knicks. He was minus 10 against Toronto. He was minus 14 against Memphis. So, I mean, that's
1: not great. Well, I I think some of the problem, though, and we're going to get into Malik Beasley more um, either for Tuesday's show or Wednesday because his – slump is just it's not really a problem ending anytime soon but I think w- the reason I bring that up with Vanderbilt is on a night where Beasley you know goes one of seven for three points and Anthony Davis is pretty pedestrian in terms of his production mm-hmm. that's going to be a night where Jared Vanderbilt not hitting double digits and scoring is going to feel much more pronounced one and shot I I, I, I would add uh, yeah but I mean you know it on a night where Beasley's hitting shots or Anthony Davis is shooting well above 50%, you can look at Jared Vanderbilt and saying, all right, he only took one shot, but he had 10 rebounds. And that can feel like a, that can feel like a much better thing. Like I, I, this would be, this would take some, you know, deep dive in that I'm not exactly sure even how to like manipulate NBA.com or some of these other sites. (laughs) Like I would love to figure out like, I would love to figure out some of Vanderbilt's advanced numbers on nights where Malik Beasley isn't shooting well. You know what I mean? Like check out every
0: night basically over the last ten games.
1: Sure, but like you know, or his again,
0: well, his his plus minus numbers aren't good.
1: Sure, or on a night where Beasley and AD aren't shooting well, like something like that. But then, like bringing this all back to Austin Reeves, who again should, should definitely garner a lot of conversation. I know we're going to talk about him during the week in terms of his off-season uh, monies and what the Lakers at this point are really forced to pay him. Part of the reason why I think the, start, the bench unit has been really consistent lately and, and really productive and helpful is uh-huh. – They've got a bunch of guys now who this bench unit has played together all season. Yes. And absolutely Reeves, Reeves and Schroeder, I think, are very well matched to play off each other. You know, Rui is a guy. He's really the only guy who goes out of his way to score in in the mid post, certainly of his size. You know, like he's the only guy of that size looking to do that when when those other guys are really productive wenyin can just focus on bringing that energy and that hustle and the the focus on the boards and and i think actually wenyin is a really smart player mm-hmm. like the fo- the four of them make sense playing together like it, it, it you can understand how mm-hmm. they can they can particularly thrive and th- they're also they're also guys that it feels like they're their numbers are are tiered in ways that are fairly predictable. It's just, it just, and the it, things that you're asking of them are fairly predictable.
0: I think you know, a lot of times you have guys who played a little bit more together, um, it, and they're playing against lesser competition. I mean, like Orlando is a little unique in the sense that they they don't play long minutes for their non-starters. Um, you know. Other than Cole Anthony, who is a rotation caliber player, they don't arguably have another rotation guy coming off the bench. Like, so, you know, yes, the Lakers reserves are playing against um, more Orlando starters at any given time, but you're still talking 15 minutes from Goga Batadze and they no, but, but, to they, but the bench has been good ball, ball, The bench has and... been
1: good for the last five. I, they six have or so games. And, But I, pretty,
0: but that's true against every team. Is you know, you play against somebody else's bench, you know and and you know Chris Houston, Keith Harris. I mean these are not. And so you know you would expect, especially as the Lakers have added more depth for their bench to be able to perform better and more consistently. It's a very good thing that they have. Um, the Beasley thing is something that we'll definitely get into. We don't have enough time to do it in in any real depth now but you know i i will go back and look at it for for tuesday's show he's got one game in his last six or seven or eight where he's been above 33 not above 50% above 33% from three point range in any one game um and you know we thought in the new orleans game that that might be you know finally the lid has come off the rim, the the basket for him nope went right back on and you just can't have these kinds of shooting nights with this kind of consistency from Beasley. Either you going to get him better shots. Um, he needs to make more of them, or perhaps you just have to make changes in the lineup. And so that is something that we will explore over the course of the week. Next Laker game is on Wednesday against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, it is worth noting, did not play on Sunday. Um, he is considered day-to-day um in in terms of, of that game on Wednesday it doesn't seem like a particularly alarming injury um, but he didn't play Sunday so we'll see what happens going there obviously oh, he'll Durant be back Wednesday we know how this works he's yeah. going to be back I mean Kyrie if Kevin Durant Kyrie- comes back on Wednesday you know that Dude, this is how
1: Kyrie ended up play- out the next game after Fridays against the Lakers like I, it's just how this stuff is going to work mm-hmm. he's he, He'll be available. DeAndre. It seems like it available.
0: seems like he will be. So, but yeah. it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, so, two huge games this week, both at home. Before the Lakers go out on the road, um, they put themselves in a position where this Phoenix game, which was one that you would have liked to be able to say, ah, you know, if we if we let this one get away, it's okay. Suns are pretty good. Uh, not anymore. Ten games left. Got to win what? I think about seven of them to feel safe. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Um, all right. Locked on Liquors on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and uh, participate. Leave us comments. Leave us questions. We'd love to use as much of that as we can on the program itself. Uh, and we will see everybody on Tuesday.